Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Joseph D. Roma, head of the Successful Male North America. I'm going to talk to him about his background and experiences. We're going to get a deeper look into his approaches to some common and new problems and the solutions that have surfaced as a result. So welcome, Joseph. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're just going to jump right into it like I usually do. Uh, first question is just basically about you and your background, so we can kind of get on the same page here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, man, and I appreciate the very productive start. It's, uh, it's pretty much spot on with just what you got right going to it. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's just get to it. All right, so, um, you know, as he said, I am the head of the Successful Male North America, and that is a men's personal development um, business as well as movement and community um, we look to take men from uh, surviving to thriving and uh, find um, success in all areas of their life. Um, we found that most men are one-dimensional. You know, as long as I have a shredded body, I'm successful. As long as I got a lot of zeros in the bank account, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. As long as I'm all in on family, I'm good. And it's like, you know what? We can have it all and we're going to show you how. So, we have an e-course called the Success Blueprint based around success education. Uh, we pair that with mentors. And yeah, man, just doing whatever we can to fulfill our mission of, um, you know, developing one million men around the globe um, into the best versions of themselves so they can impact their families, communities, and nations. That's really cool, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really like that. Uh, I'm sure for you, you hear it a lot, but I, I don't think I've heard someone say that about just, you know, being more one dimensional. And that really does ring true and something I've tried to get away from and just looking at it and like, uh, even from a productivity standpoint, it's like, well, should I be all in on this one thing? Or should I do this or that? And it's like, yeah, and it makes sense. No, you've got to have more than one thing to be successful in any area. Um, so yeah, anyways, that that just rings true with me. I really like that. Good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that um Sorry if I can jump in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that, uh, you know, our founder, Ron, discovered is um, over his maniacal years of just, you know, studying, you know, human behavior is that was always the focus, you know, and it's like, if you are only one dimensionally successful, you're still lacking, which means you're unfulfilled, which means you really haven't defined what success is for your life. So you don't really know where you're going or what you want. So. It's definitely, <clears throat> definitely. And we're going to jump in. Um, I'm looking at the notes because I know we were talking uh, before we started and you've got a lot of background before this too. Um, so whether, you know, it's managing and uh, leading. Uh, so we're definitely going to lean on that a little bit. Uh, I just didn't want you to sell yourself short on the, the intro there. You've got, <laughs> you've got a pretty big background. So uh, we'll get into that. But is there anything else you want to add or uh, just keep going? No, man, let's roll. You know, cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, I'm curious and I like sharing this with people. What's your normal uh, routine like? You know, we hear a lot about routines. I talk about the importance of them, but do you have anything you specifically do or you try to do on a regular basis? Absolutely. Um, something that I created myself called the Camp B method, um, C-A-M-P-V. So you have contemplation is first. Um, every single night, something I pulled from uh, Benjamin Franklin. You know, I reflect on my day. Um, I look for areas that I showed up um, <clears throat> in accordance with my values and the character of man that I want to be and become. Pat myself on the back. 
And then conversely, I look at areas that I didn't show up and I didn't meet my values and who I want to become. And I, I do better next time. And if there's an amends that need to be made, I go and make it, you know, um, clean that up. <clears throat> Second is affirmations. Um, every morning in front of the mirror, um, could be a minute, could be two minutes, um, just as long as I'm, I'm inputting and downloading information that's positive um, in the present tense so that the subconscious can receive it. Um, third is meditation, minimum 10 minutes. I've been a practitioner of that for uh, over 11 years now. Um, very important. Um, we feed our body food and water to nourish it. Um, we should give our, our mind and our spirit the same with meditation. Um, the fourth is perspiration. I don't know about you, but I feel fantastic mentally whenever I work out. Yes, we can all talk about getting ripped and I'm in good shape. I've transformed my body, but the mental clarity and getting those good brain chemicals flowing just for some reason boosts my productivity like crazy. Um, and then the last thing kind of rolling it all up together is visualization. And that is visualizing my goals, really taking on the emotions of what it feels like to be living in that, uh, because then we can get the reticular activating system working and really begin to manifest the results and outcomes that we want in our life. So those are the things that, you know, I focus on every day. Do I hit it every day? Not every day, um, you know, but that's the goal, right? So. Yep. That, uh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Well, on two different notes there. Yeah. The 80, 20 rule I'm a big fan of. And, you know, if you can do something 80% of the time or more, you're probably going to be on the right track. Granted, there's some things out there you got to do all the time. Right. But, uh, yeah, like that, I totally agree about the perspiration. Actually, I agree with all of this stuff, but the perspiration really rings true. Um, that's been something where I've worked on it and I've found a lot of success. I've kind of tried different things. I'm a runner. Um, I love getting out and trail running, but when I can't do that, I'll get out and do a run. And when I can't do that, I just get out and go for a walk in the morning. And even just that time alone of uh, leaving my phone behind, maybe taking a notepad with me in case I have an idea and just doing a one mile walk. It's just 20 minutes in the morning. And some people probably think like, who's this weirdo out there at 530 in the morning walking around? And but, you know, I, I feel so good that, you know, I just like, wow, this is a huge change. If I don't do that, I just, I can tell the difference and I'm not as productive, just like you were saying. Absolutely. Man. Um, all right. So a little bit about meditation. I'm curious how you would, uh, what would you tell someone who's maybe on board? We're not going to cover the mindset because I'm sure there's people out there who are like meditation. Like why, why should I bother? Let's say someone's interested, but they're just like, I don't even know what to do. What, what do you recommend for somebody who's maybe open to this idea, but has never tried it before? Um, you know, I would, I would start with something very simple, um, you know, as far as going to Deepak and Oprah, they have those 21 um, day challenge with guided meditations and everything is very much explained. Um, you know, they both go over everything in detail about how you should be thinking, how you should be feeling. Um, and really start to dive in. And I, I typically always push people towards that because, you know, like I said, it, it's, you know, what do I do? Where am I at? You know, and <clears throat> it's, it's a good little kind of school to get you to get you aligned on it. And then, you know, you'll realize very quick that making that commitment for 21 days in a row 
um, you know, is going to be difficult for you. And then you'll have to really prove to yourself that this is something that you want to continue doing or not. But what I would always say to everyone is, is that you will feel the difference after about between five or seven days, you'll feel the difference. You'll be like, man, I just feel a little bit lighter. Oh, like my, oh, that's all right, babe. Do, do whatever, you know, like, yeah. that's okay, Damien. My son's name is Damien. He's like, no, that's all right, buddy. You know, and you're like, just light moving around, you know, because it's just, you feel lighter, man. And you know that you can feel the difference in your handling situations that maybe used to get you up tight, you know, and you just have the ease and comfort that comes along with, with taking care of yourself like that. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, it's been my experience and it's something I didn't get into. Um, so I actually want to check this out. And for people who aren't familiar, I, I didn't recognize the name. Was that a website or like a course name that you mentioned? Uh, Deepak Chopra and uh, Oprah. <clears throat> gotcha. All right. So we'll include this, the links. Um, yeah, they have, uh, they have um, like 21 day meditation challenges. They, it's an app too. You can look it up. I mean, you can easily find it and then you can find it online too. I typically do them and, and they're free. You just got to sign up. Or Good deal. Well, I'll go check those out and then we'll include those in the uh, show notes. And just a little side note, my wife got me into uh, doing a challenge. I'm a big fan of limited time challenges as a way of like trying out a habit, kind of test yeah. driving it. Cause it, you know, especially with some accountability. So yeah, the wife did uh just like, I'm going to do a hundred squats a day for 30 days. Like what you want to, you want to get in on this? It's like, yeah, all right, I'll do pushups. And it's like, I guarantee it. You know, there was a couple nights where it was like 10 at night and we were both just like, oh man, we got, but we, you know, we got to do it. And so we did it. Whereas normally if it was just something we had to do, we probably would have just skipped it. So yeah, I love the idea of doing a little challenge. Yeah. My wife and I have done them together too. And it's pretty rewarding. And like you said, uh, it's always nice when you have an accountability partner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely <laughs> is a good, good piece of the puzzle. <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, men and productivity and time management. Um, so what do you see as like, what would be something that most men you think are missing out on when it comes to productivity and time management or something that would help them? It's a pretty broad question. I know like, what you just went over with can't be as part of that, but is there any one thing you see where like, man, people, a lot of people really miss this? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's as simple as this. Um, there's three types of people in the world. There's people that don't make lists. There's people that make lists. And then there's people that make lists and cross things off the list. If you just had to logically think about those three, who, and you would assess using logical thinking, who would be the most productive? Well, the person that writes the list and cross things off the list, because, you know, the, the things that, that begins to happen, you know, we hear about the snowball effect. We hear about all these, you know, the law of compounding development and, and everyone wants to, to focus on handling big things all at once, all the time. Okay. So the best piece of advice that I can give anyone, and I just brought it up, is le leveraging the law of compounding development, which means simple, small, smart decisions and behaviors done consistently over time produces radical outcomes, right? <clears throat> it's, and it applies the same thing with the meditation. If you take 10 minutes a day for the next seven days, 
by day seven, you're going to feel fantastic, right? It's the same thing with making a list when you wake up in the morning or reviewing it the night before you go to bed, right? Saying, this is what I have to do the next day. If you build that habit, you know, and, and what is it? 14 days of habit, 30 days of lifestyle, 10,000 hours to master, whatever the researchers say that are way smarter than me. It's like, <laughs> it's like if, if you do those simple things over time, you're going to become way more productive than if you didn't. And you just flow, flew by the seat of your pants because the sense of accomplishment, the sense of achievement, right? That you get, it energizes you. You can, and, and anytime you take something out of your brain and you put it down on paper, it pulls it out of there for you to have that space for more critical thinking rather than up emotionally disturbing yourself for all the things that you need to get done, you know? Yeah. If it's on the paper, it's real. Then you can categorize it and prioritize it. I mean, I don't want to go into the Covey four quadrant deal right <laughs> yeah. now, but I mean, I use it on purpose, right? Yeah. And like you said, the number one way to boost productivity is eliminate tasks that you don't have to do at all. Amen. Yeah, I, uh, that's part of one I do every week. I sit down and uh, anyways, won't go into the details, but one of them is what can I automate, delegate, or delete? And every week I got to come up with one. And sometimes it's just taking something off the schedule because during the week, I guarantee, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, uh, especially in the times right now, I'm not looking for extra things to do, but things keep getting added and that that's part of life. <laughs> so I like sometimes just saying, hey, you know what? I don't have to do this thing. I'm just going to get rid of it. And if I need it, it'll definitely come back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing that I would say um, that I taught um, to all the, the managing partners of the restaurants last year um, when I was traveling around the country training them is how important that repetition is, mm. um, right? So you build that muscle memory of doing the same things that you have to do every day or you have to do every week or every month. Now, like I said, the law of compounding development works with that. If you have to do something every week and it has to be done, create a system that it's done the same way every single time so that you can over time decrease the amount of time it takes you to do that. So then you are, you're basically buying time because it's something you have to do. But if you just hate that task, you don't build the system, you put it off to the last part of the day, you know, then it's going to always be something that's going to be a hindrance for your ability to, to, to buy more time out of your day, rather than leaning into it and saying, you know what, I'm going to master this because it's something that I have to do. And I'm going to be the best at it because I, I can't not do it, yeah. you know, and, 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 and so much of, you know, human behavior is, well, I don't really like doing that, you know? And it's like, well. Yeah, still like, gotta. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a choice, you yeah. know? Like there's a lot of things I don't like to do, but at the same time, why then would I wanna spend more time on something that I don't like to do when I can master it and get it done in a limited amount of time and then get back to doing the things more of that I like to do? Definitely. So it's like a... <laughs> yeah, this is one that reminds me, and I'm sure you guys have your own uh, statistics and stuff like that, but I think it was 2018. I started writing down 
um, what I was doing and what I was getting rid of and automating and all that. And uh, so I added it up and then just applied it in general. If, if all you did was spend 30 minutes once a week and you got rid of a task or you automated it somehow or delegate, let's just call it getting off your plate. And that task only took five minutes. So you're spending 30 minutes and it's, it's, you're only getting rid of a task that takes five minutes. So it seems like it's a little inefficient, but if it's a task that's something that happens, like let's say once a week, over the period of a year, you end up saving something like 115 hours, which is insane. It's mm -hmm. like you're getting a week or two back. And so, yeah, telling people about this, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I should make a process. Like processes, that sounds boring. I don't know if I want to do that. And you're like, hold on, man. Like, no, this is gonna, this gives you a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I love stuff like that. All right. Um, so you, let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, can you, I think you uh, skipped a little over, or you didn't skip it, but you talked about successful mail. Um, what did you do before that? Because I want to ask you about building teams and working with others. Sure. Yeah, I was um, um, a 17-year, 18-year veteran of the hospitality industry. Um, this year, got out and, um, in February just before the pandemic hit, I couldn't have actually asked for a better time <laughs> to move yeah, out of that good space transition. Wow. into the online space. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I did like most, um, 20 somethings and lived the restaurant life and, um, you know, partied hard, worked hard. And then, um, over time, you know, cleaned up my act and, and, uh, had my son in the middle twenties. So, put down all the party in and, and, um, really focused on then growing and, and becoming more and got heavily into leadership, um, and, uh, spirituality and stuff like that. And which are actually two of the, two of the kind of the, the same thing, just different language. It's, it's interesting how the principles just coincide, but, um, I, over my time of growing at Bonefish Grill, I spent there 10 years in, in a great company, Boom and Brands, and um, I loved the culture there. I worked for incredible leaders. I learned a lot. Uh, I discovered my passion for leadership. I discovered my passion for um, people development, um, you know, being a, a child of transformation or a man of transformation myself. Um, I discovered my gift for <clears throat> really being a a strong leader and uh, communicating and, and, and being like that, very productive. And, you know, if you ever think that uh, it's hard running a business, try running a, a, a multi-million dollar restaurant with a team of 60 people. Um, and, you know, the thing was, is that <clears throat> um, I think one of the greatest discoveries that I found was, is that just like a teacher or a coach um, or parents, you know, aunts, uncles, as a, as a manager, as a leader, you have a, a premier opportunity to make a significant impact in someone's life. Because so often we spend a lot of our time um, at work. Um, sometimes more than even we see our family, we see these people and, um, it's, it's amazing when you're making a positive impact, you're creating an environment that people want to come to work and they want to do their best. And you're at such a, a space of um, having just a wonderful, well-oiled machine that you could literally just 
leave for six months and it would run itself because you've developed everybody up, you know, to be able to take on more and earn more. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing was, is that I learned in terms of, uh, you know, leading people mm -hmm. and, and, and placing their development first is I had to schedule it. So until I started putting one-on-one -on -one sit down for an hour on the schedule, it was always like, well, there's already too much stuff going on, you know? Yeah. So I did that about 18 months into leading the team because I'm like, every time it comes time to sit down, it's like we have too much other stuff to do. And yeah, there's always, always some fire to put out. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, there always is a fire. There always be an excuse. Um, so when I did that, things started to change and started producing other managing partners and other managers. And, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, you, you get it. It's like leaders create leaders. That's what real leaders do. And, and that's just started pumping them out. But there's something special about sitting down with somebody one-on-one -on -one and making it all about them and, and attentively listening to them and going through their list of, of the things they need to work on and also teaching them how to lean on, lean into their strengths to really accelerate the results that they want in their life. And that's when, um, you know, I discovered that I wanted to be a coach. Hmm. So I, I went and got training uh, from Newfield Network, which is I'm a trained ontological coach. Um, we studied somatics. Um, which is body language as well as emotional intelligence. And, you know, I, I leverage that training to primarily focus on personal development and leadership. Okay. Um, but again, it's like if I wasn't ever leading people and really passionate about personal development, I don't know if I would have discovered, you know, how, how passionate I was about people development and, and awakening them to their, to discover their gifts and their, their true potential, you know? Definitely. Um, I'm going to circle back around. So uh, you were talking about leaders and how you had some great leaders and that uh, kind of sounds like inspired you to kind of pick it up and, and, and become a better leader. Um, that hits home for me. I think I touched on it briefly before we started the podcast about uh, when I worked as an engineer and ended up quitting my job and part of it was the people I worked, worked for and realizing you said the exact words I, I was smiling people can't obviously see this but you said you know we spent so much time working that sometimes you're spending more time around those people than your family and that that really hit home for me in, in 2013 2014 and realizing i'm spending a lot of my life around these people is this who i want to have influence me because we're not a bubble like you pick up the traits and the habits of the people around you um so yeah would well, you have any insights or ideas what what do you tell people when you know they they maybe come to you guys and i i don't know because i'm not you but do they ever come and they say things are okay uh but you know work sucks or you know i'm not sure you know or i i don't know what to do or i hate my boss something like that i i just haven't been in that situation before i mean because i think like man it'd be hard to tell someone hey just go quit your job I, that's not always the correct solution but what would you tell someone who's in that situation i'm kind of asking for me seven years ago what would you tell someone who's in that <laughs> that situation yeah it's a great question um and typically what i would ask them is is what do you value more mm. right what is do you value um the money that you're earning more 
than your mental health? Do you yeah. value money more than um, your emotional health? Um, because the problem that our culture seems to have is that we somehow combine our value as a human being with the title and job that we have. And they're two totally separate things. My value as a human being has very little to do with the fact that I'm the head of a successful male North America. That's simply what I do. That's not who I am. Yeah. You know, and, and we, we take that on. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, if I don't have this job, what am I going to do then? Cause I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do anything for less, you know? Yeah. So it's really just about understanding what's important to you. The other thing that I, that I ask people is, is, is this what you really want to be doing? Because hmm. I, I mean, there's plenty of people too that are in a good environment and they still hate their job because it's not aligned with what their gift is to the world and what they really want to be doing because they're trapped in the paycheck to paycheck. I need to, I need to have this to survive. And um, so much of it is just defining what success is for your life. I know plenty of people that make 40 grand a year and they, you know, they, they're coaching all of their kids, all three of their kids, teams, sports teams, they're off every weekend. He loves what he does and he's having the best life, you know? Yeah. And, and like, great, man. That's what it's about because it's your life. But to the think that somehow, um, you know, he needs to be feeling bad because he doesn't have the level of material success that, you know, the IG life, you know, he yeah. continues to perpetuate is somehow, you know, it's all, it's just about being true to yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's take this out into general then, because I actually had this down to ask you and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, what's kind of the first step or what would you recommend for someone to, to do to remove themselves from being around other people who aren't helping them or maybe who are negatively impacting them. Cause I think that's probably the next logical conclusion is like this appears in other places in our lives. Um, so would the next step be kind of a comparison of like, Hey, do you value that relationship more than getting out of the negative aspects or how do you approach that? Yeah, that, you know, that I'm, I'm glad that you asked me that because, uh, um, it, there's such thing as emotional diseases and it's mm -hmm. contagious. And the reality is, is either we're a virus or we're a cure. You know, I used to tell my staff this all the time. You know, you decide, you know, when you show up here, what you are, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's vitally important that you don't go around infecting everyone with your nasty ass behavior or your <laughs> attitude. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, that being said, I think the hardest spots, you know, part for a lot of us is, is that a lot of times this is in our family and that's the hardest thing. And you have to, again, it's back to being true to yourself. How far am I willing to allow myself to disturb the consistent peace, consistent serenity I have just to, to, to be around a family member that's so lost, doesn't want to hear anything and continues to just have a negative attitude. Like to me, that's not my fault. Yeah. You know, so again, 
Do I have the courage though to say no? No. I'm unwilling to allow you into my space for this reason, you know? And, and everyone talks about the big scary B word. It's called boundaries, hmm. right? Am yeah. I willing to say, I don't care if you're my mom. Every time I come over here, when I leave, I feel, I don't feel good. But when I arrived, I, I was in a good space because you have a lot going on and that's fine. Maybe we just talk on the phone. Maybe I don't talk to you at all or my dad or my brother or whoever. And, you know, I, I, I had a big experience with that in 2009 where the people I grew up with my whole life, I, I walked away from all the majority of all those relationships because I was going in a new direction. And it was, it was, a, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. But I had to ask myself, how much is, am I worth? What is, what is my life worth? What is the successful life that I desire? How much is that worth? Is mm -hmm. the loyal, the, the guys get trapped in this, this thing that, well, I've known them for 18 years. So what? I've met some people that I connected with after knowing them a month. And I feel like we're more connected than someone I've known for five years. You don't ever know who you're going to run into. I'm not saying that you just trust them with, you know, your, oh, sure, your, sure. your debit card pin, but it's like, but, it, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like people come and go and some people stay and the, the differentiating which one should stay and which one shouldn't is your decision. Do you Definitely. have the courage to say no? I like it. Uh, I think, yeah, and that's something I, um, I just personally have had to work on. I consider that kind of a lifelong, I don't think it's ever easy yeah. or and there's no black and white area where it's just like, well, clearly it's, this is the day I walk away, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. which I, a lot of times I know, uh, think we w talk ourselves into and it's, but it's, yeah, it's very much a gray area. And sometimes you just got to make that choice and, and, and act on it. But Adam, I would say that sometimes it is the flag in the ground it is a very clear decision when we make a declaration to say this is no longer serving me in my life and i'm going the other way yeah until you put the, the flag in in the ground and go the other way you're going to continue getting the same results over and over again because of their unwillingness to look at themselves or change or oh, shit maybe it's even us and it's yeah. like you know what it's not not working yeah, I, I agree. And I think it goes back to uh, something you said about um, not something you said, you mentioned the uh, who's going to be successful. Is it the person who writes the ta who has a task list who writes the task down or, or the person who then also crosses them off. And to me, it, it kind of goes back to that. It's like, well, we can understand that there's bad relationships and we can understand that we're in a bad relationship. But until you actually do something about that, you're not really making any changes. Nothing different is going to happen. Yeah, I, I have to accept full responsibility for my whole life. That's, you know, and that's, you know, direct and, and indirect stuff yeah. that's going on, you know. And I'm going to wrap it around to a little bit to productivity. And this just comes from a personal standpoint is when you get rid of some of this stuff out of your head um, and out of your life, that this directly 
comes back and, and affects you mentally, physically, productivity. Um, it's all over the place. You know, how much more are you going to be energized when you're not worried about that messed up relationship or that, that workplace scenario or whatever it is that's just totally draining you? And then to come in now and to be able to do so much more, I, I'm not going to try to put numbers. I haven't seen a study or anything like that, but it's just my personal experience that, you know, you, you can really grow by leaps and bounds by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Clarity, well, clarity uh, sorry, of thought. No, you're good. Clarity of thought yeah. allows focus, and focus allows magnification of results. Yep, and I don't put a price on that because, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> there's no job that could pay me enough for that. So, yeah. well, uh, Joseph, I saw a post yours uh, recently um, about ourselves being the source of conflict and creating problems. So I found that to be true, whether it's focusing on, uh, again, this is personal, on what we think might happen that would be bad. Uh, you know, I've started a habit of trying to write that stuff down because I'm the type that I tend to start thinking and think through things. And that's a power of mine, but it's also a negative power that if I allow myself, I'll go down that road and then I end up somewhere totally illogical that will never happen. Um, but, you know, what do you tell people who are dealing with self-sabotage or who maybe don't have an effective way to, to kind of help themselves out of that? Sure. Um, I give them a clear, very clear system. <laughs> You're seeing a pattern here um, to be able to come to combat their um, negative self-talk. Um, you know, we, we think 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. Um, about 95% of them are the same thoughts and research has shown about 60 to 80% of them typically are negative. It's just how the subconscious mind is wired. Right. So it's our responsibility then to start taking charge of the programming because you have to ask yourself, I mean, is the program running me or do I want to run the program? So the system is REBT, Rational Emotional Behavioral Therapy. And there's three self-defeating characteristics that we all have uh, in terms of negative self-talk. It's anger, fear and guilt. Number one is anger, should. Well, this should have had That guy shouldn't have pulled out in front of me on the highway. Eh. You know, and you, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, he was driving all the way uh, around um, since nine o'clock this morning. He's like, you know what, at 318 today, I'm going to pull out in front of <laughs> Joe and ruin his day. And it's like, I'm just emotionally disturbing myself in my own mind because I'm not accepting what reality is and I'm shouldn't all over everybody. Two is the one you were just talking about, and that's fear. And that surfaces in our self-talk is what if ever been laying in your bed and you're like, okay, well, what if this and this happened? You know, all of a sudden you're sweating into your sheets and you, you know, you're like jump about to jump off a bridge, but you never even left your own bedroom. It's like the worst things that have ever happened to me in my entire life have happened to me in my own <laughs> mind. Right. Yeah. It's like now, of course, like I'm not trusting the process. I'm not trusting the universe or God or higher power, whatever you have. Right. And then the third one is guilt. And that should on self, I make a mistake, I do something dumb or whatever. And I start, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Right? You know, and I beat myself up. And the reality is I'm a perfect human being in my own imperfection, which means that, you know, mistakes and problems are simply a fancy word humans created for an opportunity to grow. And I should look at it as, as such and, and forgive myself. Because the reality is, if it, anyone has ever treated me the way I treat myself in my own mind, they wouldn't even be in my life, you know? And it's like, so what you do is, is you take a week. And I loved what you said. You write it down. You take a week. You use the Note app on your phone. 
anytime should, what if, or should on self surfaces, you mark it in your phone. After a week of doing that, you become very aware, consciously aware of how you speak to yourself. But then you also see what your main self-defeating characteristic is. Now, you, you then can then begin to dispute this self-talk and say, nope, he just pulled out in front of me. It's all right. Um, I can smash into him if I want, but I'd rather just, you know, press on my brakes and then I'll just take it right here and I'm good, you know? Yep. Same thing with what if, like, actually, I'm in my bed. I'm good. I don't actually, none of that's real. And, and then the same thing with the guilt that that's been a, a I'm, I'm a shooter, you know, and um, I should on everybody, you know, all over. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but the thing is, is what you start to realize is like, man, this is crazy how much I beat myself up. And then two things came out, out of that for me was I need to be more aware and treat myself a little bit kinder. You know, because then I start to feel better if I treat myself that way. And number two, there's literally nothing else that anyone can say on the planet about me that could ever do me any harm because it could never compare to what I've said to myself. You know, it's yeah. just, and that's and very empowering, right? So like, I'm a very systematic, practical guy and it's like, okay, got this going on, do this, let's get it, get it knocked out. So you can get back into being in the natural state of abundance that we are. That's awesome. I think I'll start doing that a little bit more often. I had it online, uh, but I think I'm going to carry around my little notebook with me and uh, start doing that because I, I did do it. And then reviewing it for me was funny because like I put a reminder to review it and be like uh, for the what ifs, you know, and go back and say, just answer the question. Did any of these come true? <laughs> and the answer is always no, you know, you know, what if a client does this or what if my business doesn't do that? Did any of this happen? Nope. Okay. Should you worry about it? Can you fix it? If it does happen? No. All right. Then there's nothing you can do. So yeah, I had a good reminder of that the other day. I was on a mastermind call and I was uh, making some comments, asking for some input and uh, it's kind of quiet for a minute. I said, are you in control of any of these? I said, no and right away i knew where this is going they're like all right then doesn't sound like a problem there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> i was like damn it like yep that's right so yeah very good stuff all right uh one or two more questions is all we got time for uh but what would you encourage people to do now that you know we're dealing with some pretty weird times right we've got the coronavirus stuff going on uh depending on where you're at in the world or the country uh, you may be in a different uh, frame of mind, uh, dealing with family, dealing with work. Um, you know, how can people be their best when they're dealing with adversity? Mm. Good question. Um, the first thing that I would say is exactly what you just said and, you know, and, and your mastermind. And mm. that is um, start getting a very, very clear on the distinction of what you are in power of and what you're not in power of and then let go of the things you're powerless you're powerless over and go all in on the things that you have control in that's that's number one i mean it's pretty pretty simple but again if you if you're having if you're having trouble like most people do living in the delusion that they have control over something that they don't it's best to probably write it down or if all else fails, ask your wife and she'll tell you right away. Um, <laughs> and then the, the other thing is, is that 
it's very important for people to understand from a mindset standpoint that adversity sharpens the mind. Adversity is the birth of creativity because the subconscious mind will always want to choose familiarity and known terrors over new, unknown, possibly painful things it's never faced. But the interesting thing is, is that when you're facing something you've faced before, the subconscious mind has the database to send you the solution to fix it right away. Right? So, okay. Yep. All right. I've dealt with that before. I know what to do right away. Now, when you're facing new things, like the things we're facing now, which we've never faced before, the subconscious mind has to create a new solution to send to the conscious mind for you to think and act upon. Right? Mm -hmm. So in that space, that's where growth happens. And for those of us that are all in on personal development and we love to grow, this is the uncomfortable space that we just live in day to day because we know of, we know what's happening. It's growth, right? And you get to a point where you're almost placing that stuff on you all the time. You know, like today I was learning, you know, many, man, uh, many chat. Mm. I mean, you know what it's like when you step into a new software and you know, the, the, the user interface is totally different than everyone else. And you got to learn and it just takes forever, but it's like, I'm going to master this. So then, over time, it'll just be a, you know, and you get it yeah, done. How quick can I break it? And then I'll learn yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is um, uh, most people choose comfort over anything else. And unfortunately, you will never have the life that you desire, the results that you want in your life, unless you choose to go after uh, adversity and choose to get uncomfortable. You know, I mean, these are the times that we're facing right now. Um, the other thing I would say, I haven't watched the news since 2010. Um, because the reality is, is that the subconscious mind is always downloading data. Yeah. And guess what it gives you back? What you put in it. You know, so again, this, this, what's going on right now is nothing new to the planet. This isn't some, this isn't like the first time this has ever happened in the history of man. Yeah. It's like, I'm not downplaying the, the validity or that it's fake or anything like that. I'm simply saying, like I said before, what's in my control and what's not. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And I think that's a good way to put it into action is just like, yeah, the information you take in, is where your brain starts to get its operating instructions from. So, I mean, that all ties in right with the people we're spending our time around, the books we're reading, the news we're watching. So, yeah, good, good way to wrap this up. This uh, really ties together basically everything we talked about today. So, <laughs> You're welcome. It was super productive. <laughs> awesome, Joseph. Well, uh, one last question for you. Uh, what book or piece of media do you find yourself recommending the most to people these days? Right now, yeah, I just had a new book make crack into my top five, which for me is good because I usually am pounding one to two books a month for the last 11, 12 years. So, Woo. All right. Um, the uh, the habit um, breaking the habit of being yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. If you're really trying to discover 
um, how the mind works with proven scientific research and then having practical steps to actually rewire your brain, read this book, get the audio version, whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. It's, and we teach a lot of these things in the success blueprint, Adam. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way that Dr. Joe, uh, you know, kind of just transmits the message in his, in his book, it's just so well done. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, that's going to go on my uh, t my to do list after uh, uh, I get through my current stack. But that's a pretty strong recommendation. So um, that will do it, though. Thank you, Joseph, so much for being on the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed this. I think that everyone who's listening to this or will listen to it is going to get a lot uh, out of this. At least some some actionable stuff as well. So uh, where can people go to find out more about you or what you're working on? Sure. Um, I'll pretty much party with almost anyone. So make sure uh, you hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, both uh, Joseph DeRoma, um, Instagram at Joseph DeRoma. Um, you can uh, find our website, www.thesuccessfulmail.com. Um, and make sure you guys reach out, whether it's to chat, whether you're looking for coaching, whether you're looking to become a coach. Um, or you're just very interested in being a part of a movement of ambitious, successful men that are high character looking to impact uh, the lives of others. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real World Productivity Podcast. If you know someone that would enjoy this episode, please grab the link and send it via email, message, or whatever means works best. Now, if you're looking for more ways to increase your productivity, time management, and team building skills, be sure to go to productivity.academy resources to find out what tools, cheat sheets, and services can get you started and make the most impact right now. For those who want to make fast changes and want to save dozens of hours, I highly recommend joining the 14-Day Productivity Foundation Challenge at productivity.academy foundation challenge. This 14-day challenge takes minutes per day but will help you develop or improve your daily review to get more done with less distractions and loss of focus. You'll also get over-the-shoulder directions for setting up an automation to save dozens of hours and the process for deciding what else you should automate and how to do it. And if you're serious about continuous improvement and you know that productivity, time management, and team building will impact every area of your personal and professional life, join us in the Growth Automation Membership. Find out more at productivity.academy/join.